Thanks for listening. This is Trash to Treasure with Jupiter Jane. So I'm Dave. And I'm Libby. And we are Jupiter Jane. This is our um, our first episode, our first podcast. It's not our first attempt at podcasting, but it's our first Jupiter Jane podcast. And what we're going to talk about today is treasure hunting for eBay selling. And it's actually something we've been doing for a long time, but we've only recently gotten serious about it. Yeah, About the, I don't know, first of October this year, I really started... I'm ha- hating her second job. Yeah, hating my second job and really wanting to spend more time at home. And I started following a couple people on YouTube and following a couple podcasts and making David listen to them in the car. Over and over <laughs> and over. And we just decided we're, we were going to try it. So we have have started out on this venture. And so you're probably thinking, you know, what business do you guys have doing a podcast on something that you're just now starting on? So here's the deal. We're not really new at this. We've been selling on eBay since the 1990s, and we've had some pretty good success. In the past few years, um, I've found a Incredible Hulk number one comic book that I sold for $5,550, I found a vintage toy in the bottom of a soggy box at a flea market that I sold for $650. I found a CD box set of Lord of the Rings soundtrack discs mm-hmm. that I bought for $6, sold for $600. So this is stuff we've got experience with. And I've always said, you know, for years I've said, I'm really good at this. If I took the opportunity and really got serious about it, you know, we could probably make some money. Mm-hmm. And so Libby finally said, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And here we are. Yeah. Oh, don't forget our painting. Yeah. That's we... from 2000, <laughs> I think. Yeah, this is like, that's, it was, it was, that was all... the first, first time really. It was almost pre-eBay. I yeah. mean, not really, but it was, we, we didn't sell it on eBay, but we were at a, uh, this, this is kind of how we got started with this whole thing is we went to an auction and we found a painting that caught our eye. It was in a stack of paintings that we bought for a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we ba- basically bought them for the frames. We were interested in the frames. Mm-hmm. And we got these things home, and we kind of started flipping through them. And we saw one that caught our eye, and it was signed. And um, Libby did some research on it, and she found out that it was uh, an artist named Juan Sisse. And he was Mayan. Was it Mayan? Guatemalan. Guatemalan. He was Guatemalan. Guatemalan. And he was killed in a military coup. And since then... As and, had, and as an artist, that always, um, you know, makes your stock go right. up. Right. A tragic death is, you know, guaranteed. It's kind of a prerequisite to, uh, to yeah. being worth a lot of money. Right. So this, I mean, I had just went back to work after staying home with our kids for a lot of years. And I was just figuring out how the internet worked. And somehow or another, I stumbled upon an art dealer who knew this artist and knew people who would buy it. And he was out in California and he found a buyer for our painting. And we sold it for $1,000, and we used it for a down payment on, uh, an, on a house. Actually, a, 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 depo- a rental deposit on a house. Yeah. So that was our first foray into buying and reselling something and making a lot of money on it. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, our niche for our podcast is, and, and we probably aren't the only ones doing this. I'm sure we're not. But we listen to a lot of podcasts ourselves, mm-hmm. and... A lot of people are coming from a place of, you know, we were in the rat race and, you know, we, we quit our well-paying jobs to, you know, do this eBay thing. And 
there's, you know, eBay sellers out there who have got like thousands of items in their stores. And I feel like that is. I feel like that's not the average. The average experience. experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. I don't think that that's where most people are probably coming from. And and I'm not like um, dissing anybody who, you know, who has that experience, or who has that kind of podcast. But I do feel like there are probably more people who, you know, are coming from our experience than, say, like I said, somebody who is just quitting their job and they're doing eBay full time. Most people just don't have that option. You know, they kind of have to have their full time job and, you know, maybe they don't have a house that's really big enough to have a lot of, of stock and maybe they're you know trying to do it out of an apartment or something like that. One of the things that I think is key, of course, is picking the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who has, you know, thousands of items in their back stock, um, maybe they're always picking home runs, but I'm betting they're probably not. And I think when you don't have a lot of room to store stuff, I think it's a lot more important that you that everything you pick, you know, you you can't you, it's, nothing is ever 100% certain. But I think that there are things that you can do that, you know, will kind of help you look for stuff that has a better chance of selling and not sitting on a shelf for a long time. Yeah. That has a lot to do with research, which is kind of what I've been doing, you know, is just is listening to podcasts, watching haul videos, watching people post what they, you know, sold in the last week. Our motivation for doing this stuff is, of course, to make money, but it's also, you know, to kind of, um, it's also for conservation, for keeping things out of landfills. Absolutely. For making sure that things get reused and not thrown away. We also, it's it's also a hobby thing for us. And I know that like some serious sellers, they kind of look down on the hobbyists, but it is, it's fun for us. Yeah. And I think it really helps, like if you, if you, this is something you want to get into, if treasure hunting and then selling on eBay is something that you want to get into. It really helps if, you know, going out and doing the hunt, if that's something that you think is fun, if you right. find that fun. If you if you don't, if you hate getting up on Saturday mornings and going garage sailing, if you hate tromping around at flea markets. Garage sailing is a verb you'll hear us use a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not in the, it's not in the dictionary, but it's in our dictionary. It's in our, yeah. I mean, you have to and Dave and I have been garage sailing for years. I mean, it's so much to the point where our kids absolutely hate it. Yeah, we kind of ruined we kind of ruined it for them and cuz we used to drag them everywhere, you know. We used to like set up booths at flea markets and things like that and sell stuff. Antique shows, flea markets. I mean, they just and now they're both the biggest homebodies, but yeah, now we they, digress. Yeah, <laughs> they they they're not into it at all. <laughs> So our point of view is that, you know, we do this not as a replacement for our income. You know, we're not trying to quit our jobs. No, nope, we both still work full time. But we need extra money to do things like, you know, in our case, we're saving money now for a vacation. We're trying to go to Disney. And I think a lot of people, that's the kind of boat they're in. They're, they've got medical bills they want to pay or you know, they want to, you know, pay for a vacation or maybe pay for contribute to their kid's college or something like that. They're not really prepared to stay home and do eBay full time. And so they're just looking for something where they can make extra income that's kind of fun, that doesn't require them to maybe get a, go out and get a second job or whatever. That's our niche. That's That's where we're coming from. And if that's something that you're trying to do, 
hopefully we can help you. Hopefully our experience will be, you know, something that can help you on your way too. Absolutely. And so over the past few years or so, we've supplemented our income by probably ten to fifteen thousand dollars um buying and selling stuff. And again, for people who like do this full time and do this for a living, that probably doesn't sound like much. But if you are looking to supplement your income, just think about how what what a, what a difference like an extra ten or fifteen thousand dollars would make over like three or four or five years. It make it make a big difference. Like the, uh, I think Dave mentioned the the Hulk comic book. It put hardwood floors in our house. Right. Um. And what I mean, it oh, it bought the Volkswagen. Yeah, I bought a second car. You Stuff know, like this has put, like, a new furnace in our house. Absolutely. New HVAC. It's even paid for, you know, small trips. And it's the reason we take small trips also. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a lot of the fun of doing this is the road trips and things like that. We love road tripping. And if we're going to uh, a destination, we're going to Anaheim this summer, and I've already got... The flea market's laid out. So, I mean, we source wherever we go. Yeah, that's part of our modus operandi is that, um, you know, we always try to kind of work sourcing into our trips, you know, our little mini vacations and things like that. Part of the reason for doing that is that you'll find out, you know, as you start thrifting, you start going to thrift stores and garage sales and things that you you kind of see the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Regionally, you kind of see the same stuff over yeah. and over again. So that is you know, one of our secrets, that's one of our tips is get away from home yeah. and don't be afraid to hit the back roads. We found some like really great little like mom and pop thrift stores and things like that that are out of the way that a lot of people wouldn't think to go to. We, or found, know about. we found one this weekend. It, it's I think it was called the 25 cent place. Everything's a quarter. It was literally. But oh, my gosh, it was just piles and piles of stuff that and, you had to dig through. And you had to have a flashlight and it was raining and and David wasn't sure it was altogether safe. And we literally walked out of there. We spent six bucks. Oh, yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. So we did a, a basically a two hour, $20 challenge to kind of see how much stuff we could get that we thought we could resell for 20 bucks in that span of time. Yep. And this was one of our little stops. Now, this will be a whole other segment. We'll be, I think we're going to maybe do like a YouTube video mm-hmm. to uh, accompany this mm-hmm. this podcast where we're going to talk about this challenge. But that's the kind of thing you got to do. You have to look for the out-of-way places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Goodwill just doesn't always cut it. Nope. Um, where We live in a college town, and Goodwill is... Uh, Horribly inflated. Yeah, I mean, nothing against Goodwill. They have to do what they have to do, so it's nothing against Goodwill. But when you live in a college town, they kind of have a captive audience in the in the college students. The college students are, you know, they, they just want uh, a cheap couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Goodwill kind of, I hate to say they take advantage, but they do. They, you know, they take advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's their mission. It's their mission to make as much money to you know, fund their projects and things like that as they can. And so they, they take advantage of the situation. And so, you know, the prices that we pay at our Goodwill are, you know, probably 10 or 20% more than like someone else's Goodwill. But I will say that last weekend we were sourcing in Ohio at a Goodwill that I had sourced at a year, a year or so ago. And their prices were um, quite a bit more than they were the last time I was there. So I think that's... It might just be across the board. You yeah. Know? You've probably, if, if this is something you're into, if you're already doing this kind of stuff, you've probably already noticed that the prices at Goodwill, mm-hmm. 
you know, have have steadily kind of gone up the last few years. I will say, you know, I mean, just look around in your com- community and uh, mom and pop places, you know, can be real honey holes for stuff. Yeah, so- we're always looking for new places. And like I said, anytime we take a road trip, we're, we always, you know, Libby does some research ahead of time to kind of, um, you know, find all the spots we might want to stop at. But it really does help, you know, to get out of your box, to go to new places, um, because, you know, again, if you if you stick to the thrift stores in your town, um, you're probably going to see the same stuff over and over again quite right. a bit. You have to go out with a different – when you're going out to source stuff, you have to go out with a different eye. I've had to do that too because, like, I don't give a crap about clothes. <laughs> it's funny because I buy all my clothes at Goodwill. He does. No. Or I buy his clothes yeah, at Goodwill. Or she buys all my clothes at Goodwill because I just don't care. I so much don't care. I'm lucky to have a job where I don't have to dress up. Um, I'm, I am a, um, web designer. So, I mean, his uniform is jeans, jeans yeah. and a hoodie. Jeans and a hoodie is what I wear every day, all day long. Yeah. So. Thank God. So, you know, all, all my clothes come from Goodwill, but I despise looking for clothes at Goodwill. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I do, you know, sometimes when we're, when, like, like Libby said, when we're out, um, on the hunt for stuff to resell, um, I have to look at what's there, you know, and sometimes like if you go to what's called the bins, uh, if you're not familiar, Goodwill has these outlet stores where they have these big bins. And this is all the stuff that maybe, like, didn't sell someplace mm-hmm. else and it gets dumped here at these outlets. And then they roll these bins out and you put on some gloves and you just go to town. And, you know, sometimes clothes is all there is. And so I've kind of had to get an eye for that. And, you know, I, I try to, like, look for stuff. Uh, you know, Star Wars is, like, my favorite movie of all time. And so there's a lot of Star Wars apparel that I know has value. I'll keep an eye out for stuff like that. Um, here's the real reason that we wanted to do this this particular episode, this particular podcast, is because I want to tell you how to look for stuff. I want to, I want to give you a tip on how to look for things because I see some, I see people sometimes struggle with this and. I, we have a lot of friends who will say, you know, like when they see how much we make on something over and over again, people will say, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. I never find anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've heard that a million times. How do you guys do that? We never find anything when we go to Goodwill. Well, like we said, the first step is get out there. That's yeah. the first step. Yeah. And it's really the most important. You can't do this from home. You no. know, you, you have to go out and find the stuff. The second thing is be observant. Pay attention. And I mean that in the in a very broad and general sense. You have to kind of – I'm not an expert in anything. Um, <laughs> but he knows a lot. I know a little bit about a, a lot. A lot of stuff, yeah. I know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I buy and sell a lot of collectibles, a lot of vintage toys and stuff like that. You know, the comic book that I sold for $5,000, I really don't know that much about comic books. I used to collect them as a kid, but that's about it. I don't know, like, what's worth – a ton of money. It's funny because when we found that you paid a dollar and he brought it back to the car and he's like, it's a Hulk number one. I'm like, oh my God, it's a Hulk number one. He's like, don't get excited. It's not in good shape. Probably only going to get 50 bucks. I was, tr- I was trying to temper my excitement. <laughs> I, I really knew that it was special, but I was trying to temper my excitement. But in fact, it was worth much more. It was kind of funny because we, we took it to a comic shop and um, the, the local comic shop here in town. And I just wanted to get a cover for it. And uh, the the guy behind the counter, he was reading the newspaper and he kind of like lifted his eyes above the edge of the paper. And I saw his eyebrow raise, but he was trying to be really nonchalant. 
And you know, I I bought the I bought the cover for the for the comic book because it didn't have a cover on it, of course, and I wanted to protect it before you know until we could get it sold. And you know, I I showed it to him, and he um, feigned disinterest until we started to walk out the door, and then he said, you know, I'd give you twelve hundred for that, and that's when I knew it was probably worth a yeah. lot more than twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. But anyway, um, so first, of course, getting out there and looking. Mm-hmm. Second is. Pay attention when you go out and look. Pay attention to pop culture. Pay attention attention to things like fashion, even though maybe mm-hmm. you don't always – maybe fashion is not something you care about or whatever. But it, it pays to pay attention to these things. Mm-hmm. And as you go out and as you pay attention, eventually you develop an eye. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I said, I watched these um, haul videos or these – where the what sold this week on uh, this week on eBay. I'm trying to learn the brands to look for. Another thing Dave says all the time is, you know, to look for something that's different that you've never seen before. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing is that as you start to develop an eye, um, my advice to people is start with what you know. So let's say that you are into knitting and that is your hobby. That's your main hobby. Then you know that there are certain things that are more valuable than others in your hobby. So maybe you go to a flea market and you come across a set of bamboo knitting needles. And that's the kind of thing maybe you could pick up an estate sale for, you know, 5 or $10. And you could sell on eBay for two or $300. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where you start. You start with the things you know and you branch out from there. Mm-hmm. A lot of times um, other resellers or flippers will say, you know, if you're going to start, really, you don't need to go out right away and buy stuff. Find stuff in your house. So... The elements we've covered, get out there, go out and look, start with what you know, and then develop an eye. So as you go out and you source stuff, something you'll notice is that you'll, if, when you've been doing this for a while, especially when you've been doing it as long as we have, when you go out to flea markets and garage sales and estate sales and things, you'll kind of see the same stuff over and over and over again. You'll see the same kind of furniture You'll see the old, old-fashioned butter churns. It seems like those show up at every estate sale, especially where, in the part of the country where we live. You see a lot of that kind of stuff. These, th- these things tend to be regional, which is why we try to like get out of our zone. Mm-hmm. But you, you do start to notice that you see a lot of the same kind of things over and over and over again. The good thing about that is that when you see something that deviates from the norm, you know it's special. Now, that's not always true. It's not always true that something that is unique is valuable. It's not always true that something that is rare is valuable. That's just not true. People act like it is. Sometimes when you go to an auction, um, auctions don't tend to be my favorite place to pick up stuff to resell because a lot of people have misconceptions about things. You'll go to an auction and if a stack of comic books comes up, people just go nuts. You know, people will bid crazy dollars on a stack of comic books because in their heads, comic books equal value. And it's not true. It's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Um, Because comic books were printed by the hundreds of thousands, sometimes the millions. And not all comic books are rare. There's most of them, in fact, are not rare. But sure enough, every time comic books show up at at an auction, people bid crazy money for them. And there's a lot of examples of that. So something being rare um, can or can or may not be valuable, but it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. So if as you as you go to these things, as you go to the the auctions and the yard sales and the estate sales, 
and you start seeing the stuff that's out there, when you see something that you haven't seen before, it's a good clue that maybe you should investigate further. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, this is a great opportunity to, you know, use your phone, use your smartphone and look it up and see what it you know goes for on eBay. And so a lot of what I've done, there's not a whole lot of magic to it. It's not based on any um, inherent expertise in a particular thing. It's because I saw something that I hadn't seen before, and I said, you know, this looks unique. I'm going to check it out. And, I mean, that's how he found uh, the toy that was the Tungosaurus. Yeah, that's the, that's the um, story of the Tungosaurus. So the, the, this is a toy that I found at a flea market out in the cold, in the dark. This was a, uh, an all-night flea market, believe it or not. And there was bad weather. It was cold. It was rainy. Um, I was going through the contents of a soggy box and found this toy that I'd never seen before. And I had a hunch. Uh, I didn't even use my phone. I just grabbed it and paid for it. I think I paid $4. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked it up, I couldn't find it. I looked it up on my phone and I got no hits. And sometimes that's a bad thing. A lot of times that's a good thing. Yeah. More often than not, that tends to be a good thing. Like if you can't find it at all, that means no one else can either. It means it's probably rare. And in the case of vintage toys, it's probably valuable. When I flipped it over and I saw the date on the bottom, it was dated, I think, 1987 or 88. So it was a, a Thundercats toy that had come out right before the series was canceled. And it was based on a character that showed up in one episode. So there are very few of these made. There were very few examples of any. And it ended up being highly sought after. And I sold it for over $600. And it was this ugly toy where if you squeeze the handle, the tongue rolled out. And I was like, what the heck is this thing? Well, it was glorious and it was money. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I wish every time I'm like, look for Tungosaurus's. Yeah, you'll never find. I'll never find one of those again. I'll never find another Hulk number one. I, I'm never trying to repeat those successes. I'm just always trying to look for whatever the next thing is. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to be open to whatever that next thing might be. Yeah, I think we can only do this because of cell phones, because you can open up eBay, and as I just learned last weekend, you can scan a barcode and it will show you if it's for sale on eBay. Didn't know I can do that. Just found that out last weekend. I, I already knew that, but um, but now she knows too. Yeah. So. so, but I mean, just pull your phone out. You can um, filter in eBay. If you hit your filter button and you go down and you hit sold, it will show you what your what item you're looking for. It will show you what it is sold for recently on eBay. So, you know, somebody might have one listed on there for $75, but if you hit sold, you know, one sold this week for 25 and one sold last week for 12 That's probably something I would put back. Okay, so probably the best tip I'm going to give you tonight is that when you are looking for things to sell on eBay, you need to think about why people look for things on eBay. And that seems like a no-brainer. That seems like a dumb thing to say. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Um, think about how you shop on eBay. When I look for stuff on eBay, I'm looking for stuff a lot of times that I can't find on Amazon. Or sometimes I'm price comparing. There are are times when I just want to see if something is cheaper on eBay than it is on Amazon. Usually it's not. Sometimes it is. But most of the time when I go to eBay, I'm looking for something that I can't find elsewhere. 
So that's what you need to think about when you go on the hunt, when you go treasure hunting. You need to think, you know, what is it that is not going to be readily available someplace else? Mm -hmm. So the thing about eBay is that, you know, if you are looking for a deal on a certain pair of expensive jeans, you know, you might check eBay, but you also might be looking at Poshmark or Mercari or the Facebook Marketplace. But eBay is still the best place to look for the rare, the discontinued, the hard to get, the strange and unusual, the stuff that you just can't order on Amazon. That is what eBay is really the best for. And that's what I personally use it the most for. And I notice that the things that I sell, the things that I have the most success with, are those kind of things. I saw a flipper today uh, uh, call out to the Harry Tornado. But he was at the bins and he picked up a blender lid. It's just the black top with the little, the little clear holder in it. Yeah, replacement I mean, that's parts smart. are. Yeah, replacement parts are actually a great thing to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, you you probably aren't going to get rich off of it, but it's something that you can, you know, have a a, a good. It's a good bet that it's going to sell. Right. You know, um, there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, a lot of things that are perfectly usable that. You know, the parts are no longer available for. The replacement parts aren't aren't readily available Mm -hmm. for. And there are some very expensive things out there, things like food processors and um, espresso machines and things like that, where um, the model has been discontinued and people still love this thing and they're looking for parts for it. And, you know, one of the other podcasts that we listened to, they found a, I think it was like, like an espresso machine or something like that, where they had had one themselves and it had broken down. And they bought a, a second one to use as a parts machine, and then they stripped it and sold the parts from the uh, the parts they didn't need from that one on eBay and made a lot of money. So that's some, that's something I always keep an eye out for. Yeah, I mean, and like those those kind of things can be your bread and butter things. So and I it mean, all adds up. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And again, it's it's something that um, you know you're not going to find it on Amazon. You're not going to just be able to walk into a store and buy one of those things. And that's what eBay is great for, and that's the kind of stuff you should be looking for. So one of the things that I like to look for is like vintage electronics because I have found that it's the kind of stuff that doesn't have a lot of perceived value. When you go to a flea market, you know, you pick up a piece of electronics that is outdated and the person selling it probably doesn't think it has a whole lot of value. And you'd be surprised at the kind of stuff that people will collect. Um, Like we found uh, vintage calculators, um, things like speaking spells and stuff like that are are collectible, believe it or not. One of the things that I've liked recently is vintage radios and even like police scanners from like the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. Um, Old Radio Shack stuff. Again, you know, a lot of times for for sellers out in the wild, this stuff doesn't have a lot of perceived value, but on eBay, it tends to sell really well. And so it's the kind of stuff that you can pick up cheap and resell for, you know, some good money. I think it was a gentleman in France that bought your radio. Was it an old radio? Yeah, I sold a uh, recently sold a 1970s vintage radio that was made by J.C. Penney or was made for J.C. Penney, and it was an eight eight band, what they call like a world band radio that had shortwave frequencies and a weather band and AM and FM and VHF. And I bought that radio for I think two or three dollars and sold it for how much? Seventy? Yeah, I think seventy. About seventy dollars. So a pretty good return on investment. It was heavy, but the buyer didn't care. He paid for the shipping, and so yeah, that was that was a really good recent sell. Okay, so um, one thing that I want to back up and mention is 
that when you are out in the wild and you are looking for stuff and you want to see if it's worth buying or not to put on eBay, one of the things that, one of the mistakes that um, newbies make, and we've made this mistake in the past, is that somebody will look up something on eBay and they'll say, oh, this is selling for 80 bucks or this is selling for 90 bucks. I should grab this. And of course, what people ask for, the price that people ask for on eBay and what they actually get tend to be two different things. Right. So eBay will show you there is a, a, a button you can click, a little switch that you can flip, and eBay will show you what something actually sold for. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you may look at that and find out that something sold, you know, like the most recent time that that thing was listed, that particular thing was listed. It sold for, you know, less than what most people are asking for it. Sometimes that's just like a one-off thing, you know. So I kind of, when I go to price things on eBay, and this will be a whole other segment, when I go to price things on eBay, sometimes I'll kind of split the difference. I'll look at what people are asking, and then I'll look at what something has sold for, and I'll kind of like price my thing down the middle. Right. But the point is, is that before you pull the trigger on something, go to eBay, look and see what it has sold for, and that'll better inform you on whether you should pull the trigger and actually buy it or not. As a general rule of thumb, you know, I try to not spend any more on something than what would allow me to double my money. I always want to try to at least double my money. And when I say that, I mean that's including, like, shipping, eBay fees, PayPal fees, and all that. When it's all said and done, I really want to have, after all the fees are paid, I want to have doubled my money. Usually we do quite a bit better than that, I think. Yeah, but I think. The, but if I haven't doubled my money, or if I don't think I can double my money, I usually don't go ahead and buy it. And that's one of the differences, I think, between us and some of the other podcasters that we listen to is that I think that a lot of people kind of go for more low margin stuff and they try to make it up in volume. So I'll say that again. A lot of people go for low margin stuff. Things like printer cartridges and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you're only talking like a couple bucks and they offer like free shipping on it. And they're just trying to make their money on volume, kind of like Amazon does, right? And that's great if you have a lot of room to store stuff. Right. If you don't, then maybe that's not so great. And, and, and even we get into that. You know, one of the things like, like I, I, I hate to go out treasure hunting and come up empty handed. Mm-hmm. So if I can't find anything else, I'll look for things like printer cartridges. Printer cartridges always seem to sell. It's one of those kind of things where you know everybody knows if you've got an inkjet printer that the the uh, the price that you pay for cartridges in stores is vastly inflated. Um, and so a lot of people will buy um, new old stock cartridges that have not been opened. Of course, they'll buy those off of eBay at, at a big discount. So when I find those out in the wild, you know, when I find cartridges that are still packaged, I go ahead and snatch those up because there is a good market for them. But you're never going to get rich off of that. You know, you're never going to make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I, I hate to go home empty handed, but that's not the kind of thing that you're going to make a ton of money off of. You know, so I always, you know, want to try to buy things that I think I can double my money off of because I don't want to have a lot of backstock of stuff that you know is low margin because I just, I don't ha- we don't have the room we have very limited storage space in our house and we don't have the room to have a big huge you know backstock to try to make money on on volume of sales. The other tip that I would have, and again we'll, we will talk about more about this kind of stuff in subsequent episodes, 
But another tip I have is when you go out treasure hunting, I think it's kind of a good idea to set a time and dollar limit. Right. Um, and I say that because... Because I could shop forever. Yeah, and the more time you invest in doing this, even if you enjoy it, the more time you invest in doing this, technically the less money you're making, right? Right. The more you spend on doing this, the less money you're making. So in future episodes, we're going to tell you how to do a lot of things for cheap or for free. For Mm -hmm. instance, you know, we ship a lot of stuff lately. Since we started doing this, we've been shipping, you know, five, six, seven packages a day. And we have yet to spend any money on shipping supplies. Right. We've not spent a dime. We've gotten most of our shipping supplies for free. So we're, and like I said, in, a, in an upcoming episode, we're going to tell you how to do things for free. Right. So look forward to that. Dave and I are, we're just starting out. We have a couple hundred items in our store right now. And we have a little over a hundred. Well. I was trying to be. <laughs> so if you're just, she's being aspirational. Our, I our, am right now. Our aspiration is two hundred to have two hundred and fifty items in in our store. Right. And right now we've got just a little over a hundred. We have enough stuff to easily have two hundred and fifty items. It's a matter of like setting down and photographing everything, and pricing it and all that kind of stuff. And so we are just getting started. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is this is new for us, and so if it's new for you. Um, follow us. Yeah, follow along. And we can kind of go on this journey together and see where it goes. But like I said, I think we have the advantage of having been eBay sellers for a long time. So we kind of know how things work. Um, We've had years to develop an eye to know what to look for. We're going to post the good, the bad, and the ugly. Especially the ugly. Especially the ugly, the death pile that we can't seem to get posted. We're just going to post it all, and you guys can learn from our mistakes or learn from our successes. And Yeah, hopefully there'll be way more successes than, than failures. I, I, uh, so far, things are going really well. I think we've been, we've been serious about this now for um, a little under a month, mm-hmm. and we're, uh, our gross sales are, are under, just under $1,000. So I think that's pretty good for just starting out for our first month. Yeah. Gross sales of just under a thousand dollars. I think that's. I think that's a pretty good start. I think it's a great start, and I am so excited when I hear the little ching on my phone. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> whenever that happens, I get a, an immediate text. You know that hey, we've sold something. She's she's so cute. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but our expertise really is in treasure hunting. So if you have any questions about, you know, places to look, things to look for, um, if you need any help. Drop us a line. Our email is jupiterjane66 at gmail.com, and we will mention your email on the air and answer your question. And it's Jupiter, and then Jane is J-A-Y-N-E. Yes, sorry. I should have specified that. It is J-U-P-I-T-E-R-J-A-Y-N-E. 66. 66 at gmail.com. So until next time, this is Dave. This is Libby. And this has been Trash to Treasure with Jupiter Jane.